Do you wonder if others are dealing with the same project management challenges as you? Not sure where to turn for guidance and leadership? Office Hours are in session as we discuss project management and PMOs with global leaders, hearing their story and learning their secrets to success. Our goal is to empower you and help you elevate your PMO and project management career to new heights. Welcome back to Project Management Office Hours with your host, PMO Joe. Welcome everyone to Project Management Office Hours. We're the number one live project management radio show in the U.S., broadcasting to you from the Phoenix Business Radio X studios in Tempe, Arizona. I'm your host, PMO Joe, and for the next hour or so, we'll be talking project management. We're at a special time today because we have our guest joining us from Australia, and we'll introduce her in a moment to everyone. I just want to take a moment to talk about the new global community site, the PMO Leader which is now live. You can visit it at www.thepmoleader.com. And for the first time in our industry, there is a platform that brings together the producers and consumers within our industry. So if we think the coaches, all the authors, bloggers, podcasters, consultants, speakers, technology and solution firms, trainers, who are are out there producing content and helping all of us advance our careers. And we're partnering them with all the practitioners, the agilists, the project managers, coordinators, PMO leaders, strategy realization offices, the value management office, team members, stakeholders. They've never had a marketplace to be able to collectively come together and conduct business and collaborate. So we've created it. The PMO leader site is a global site we are. We went live on January 7th. We have a hard launch where we're going to uh, have a big promotion coming up on April 2nd. And between now and April, we're adding new content. We're adding new training. We're adding new podcasts, new blogs, uh, new technology vendors, consultants, and speakers, and more. So please join us. Uh, become a member. We are one world, and we're forming one community. Also want to thank our sponsor of our show, the PMO Squad. They're the premier PMO consulting firm in the United States, offering PMO as a service, agile and project management resources, PMO consulting, and training for all of your delivery needs. You can learn more about the PMO Squad by visiting www.thepmosquad.com. Finally, a reminder to everyone to visit projectmanagementofficehours.com to see all of our upcoming episodes and learn about the past shows we have. We've got a great lineup coming up later this year and invite everybody to go check out our show. So for today, I am super excited. We have Amira Amir Mazahari joining us from Sydney, Australia. Thank you, Amira, so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me today. If you could take a moment just to say hello to the audience and introduce yourself to them so they can get to know you a little bit better. Hello. Good morning from Sydney. I think it's going to be good afternoon the other side of the world or good night in the other side of the world. It's a huge pleasure to be in Joe's show for me for the first time. Um, And I wish and I hope you guys will enjoy the show today. I have a lot to share with you. <laughs> yes, I'm, I am eager uh, to hear your story. So let's talk project management. You know, we, we got introduced, I don't know, and had a conversation maybe a couple of months, a month or so ago. And 
I was fascinated. I, I didn't know you very well. I had seen you on LinkedIn and social media and some of your posts and all that stuff. Uh, but as we had our conversation, I was fascinated by your journey, your personal journey that you've taken. It's it's quite the story. I, I do. Can you please share with us and, and let us know all that you've gone through? Um, sure. Thank you, Joe. Actually, as I said, I came to your show with a kind of a deal with myself to get myself out of my comfort zone and being open and talk about my journey and my story, my dreams, and what and talk about what makes me me during these um, X, Y, Z years. I'm not going to tell you how old <laughs> I am anyway. <laughs> I'm originally from Iran, um, the city of Tehran. And I'm born in a family of five uh, with two brothers. The, my birthday is actually five months before Iran revolution. So my Kiddish time was all after the revolution and then the new regime come across. And then I grew up, my, when I was a kid, when I went to the school, I grew up at the time of the war between Iran and Iraq. My teenager time went through after the war. Uh, and I went to university when there were no internet, no mobile phone. Uh, and when I was uh, graduating from the university, that was the time that I saw internet and the mobile phone. So I always say that we are very fortunate that we saw a lot of things that happened in the history during our life in this world. And then after that, it, had, it was a big journey of moving from uh, a job to the other job. I had some entrepreneurial um experiences which I go through it in detail uh, later uh, and then I moved to Australia in 2008 and now I'm living in Sydney I gave a birth to a beautiful girl last year 23rd of March exactly the day that the lockdown started in Australia and I'm married to an Australian guy uh, who is my everything in my life and I'm really really happy and fortunate to have him in my life I'm the owner and the founder of PMO Solutions, which I will talk about it later as well. Uh, mainly the reason that we have the PMO Solutions here. And we are looking forward to have a better 2021 <laughs> in comparison to last year. Yes, I, I certainly hope so. And, you know, I, I don't know how many of our listeners, if any of our listeners can relate to growing up in the midst of a revolution and then a war with a neighboring country. I know I can't. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> even know how to put that into perspective. What is, how can you, or what can you share for what life is like during the midst of a revolution? What is, uh, you know, the beginning of that, obviously you're a newborn, you don't really remember it, but you grew up and when that was normal, right? That That's all you knew. Yeah, exactly. It was, um, it made me thinking because uh, my baby is born in from the first day of the COVID. And uh, there are lots of other changes that is going to be normal for her in her life. And I was thinking of like my own life because I haven't seen uh, bef Iran before the revolution. So, but I got the consequences of it because my dad was. Um, uh, actually is graduated from Pennsylvania University and he was working for IBM in Tehran and after the after the revolution he didn't have a job um, and he couldn't find a job because he was a computer engineer 
And my mom was a teacher. He had a newborn baby. Um, there were lots of restrictions. They couldn't go out of the house for a certain, like a specific timing. Um, she couldn't have access to her family easily, even though they were living in the same city. So I'm looking at it like the, 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 these when you are grow, growing up in some dif- difficult situation, you learn things differently. With a person, I don't know how my parents' ha- uh, life was before I was born, but I'm sure that it was much easier because my dad had a job anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he started looking for a job and then he created his own like completely changed his career to um, contract management rather than as an engineer. So it was a time that I started crawling and being being live as a new new person. But then my brothers came, my brother came uh, after four years. Um, so it was a beginning of the war between Iran and Iraq. After the revolution, the society moved into the very strong religion religious um, culture and it was because of the it was the beginning of it and everybody was excited um, the way that they were managing um, the culture was different so people were very very religious and then my brother came in I remember that I did couldn't go to the daycare my mom was a teacher he had another newborn baby so I was at home and then in 13 months after the other brother came so it was a very busy house. Um, from year five, when I was five years, I had a responsibility of coaching and leading my brothers and taking care of them because we didn't have that much facility of um, or the luxury of having being having a nanny or being in the daycare at that time. And then I had to uh, be careful about them as well while I was myself a, a little kid. And then the war started and I was going to the primary school I'm telling you, Joe, I am a very, very lucky person in comparison with the people who were living in a war zone. At that time, I was living in Tehran. So by the time that I was in year four in the school, when I was eight years old, Saddam and Iraqis didn't get into Tehran. But before that, um, they were the war was happening in the cities in the um, southwest of Iran, mm-hmm. which actually made the life of the people very hard. The daily life of a person who is living in a war zone is all full of fear. You are living in your room and in a second you will lose it. And there is no guarantee that the day is going the way that you're planning it. So I remember that uh, when uh, Iraqis got to Tehran and they started bombarding their houses, I remember I saw the, the airplane flying uh, over, over, over us. And um, it was a time that they we had a they call it like a alert. I, I, I'm sure that you've seen it in the uh, film. Yeah. Um, that they um, it's a big siren, uh, and then people are trying to get into the safe area or a safe point, and then you're hearing that the bombs are coming. As a as a as an as a eight years old, uh, our primary school had a uh, had a very good system that we had some. Um, Got, I don't know, like a leaders uh, when the siren was happening, we were supposed to, we were responsible to take care of um, uh, the younger kids in the school. And I had uh, almost about 10 kids in my school. So um, I have, I had to make sure that all of them are there and I had to take them into the 
safe safe room or a safe area that they had it. As I'm, and then we they stopped the schools, so we couldn't go to the school for um, for a, almost about a year. Uh, we were homeschooling, but the homeschooling wasn't like the, during the COVID. We didn't have any online courses. There yeah. were no internet. There were nothing like that. So my mom was a teacher, so she was schooling us in the at home. Uh, and then we had to make it up um, if, during the summer holiday when we could go to the school and it was safer. Um, one of my auntie's house was um, attacked by a bomb. The, the, the neighbor in the front of their houses and like she was pregnant. Um, but thankfully the baby was okay, but she was frightened very, very badly. So as I'm saying is uh, when it's the war, there is nothing predictable. So you're just fighting to to be alive to have your life and then saving your saving your children your um your property whatever you have and you can see that the prioritization is very important because you you want to save uh, and save the things that are higher priority for you uh, you give up easily on lots of stuff this situation connects people together strongly uh, because all of the, all of them are in the same situation, so they feel each other much better and they connect to each other better. When the bomb is coming, there is no time to say it's a woman or the man, it's a black or a white. There is no time. You are just trying to survive in the situation. So it was. I when I'm looking at it now, when I am now XYZ years old, I'm looking at it like I learn a lot. I I experienced the terrible things. Now, even I really don't like fireworks. Yeah, um, I can imagine. It, it is exciting, but I really don't like it. Even in, in my household, we don't have any loud noise. So, you know, there are some consequences. Even though I'm saying I am a very lucky person because I was living very far from the war zone. But there are still lots of lots of consequences. And I'm seeing it um in the kids now at the moment in the other countries that they are struggling with, Syria, Yemen, uh, or any other places that there is a war. The war is bad. The war is very bad. As a person, as a human, we should stop it um, anyway, anyhow, with whatever we can. We should stop it because it's not only this generation. Um, it's a future generation that's getting the consequences. So that is actually, that makes my re reason for life, um, for stopping the war, stopping these kind of wasteful, useless things that are happening between the people um, by educating them. Because I believe that if people are educated, not even like, not, not going to the school, not going to the university, but being aware um, of how to choose between good and bad, the war would, would not happen. So yeah, that's that was the main thing from the war period. Uh, as I'm saying, is um, it's a hard situation, but you learn a lot when it's a hard situation. We learn to create our own games. Um, because I had my brothers as well, uh, I used to create the games for them. Um, so actually, those ideas now helping me a lot, and then it made me very creative. Um, we learned to paint at home. So we were lucky to have a um, painting tutor at home. So 
it was very fortunate to um, that situation because we were all very close together. It's actually embraced the innovation and creativity to us uh, to learn how to use a towel and like entertain ourselves for three hours yeah. with one towel, you know? Well, so, you can um, see the, the different influences of that time of your life, your father obviously becoming entrepreneurial and, and now you own your own company and your mom as a teacher and you coach and teach others on how to, to do things. It's uh, certain, to your point, there's a horrible situation that war should of course be avoided in the, the human impact of that war. Yes. Um, but you've been able to take a bad situation with personal character growth and development, be able to use that now in your professional career. Uh, also, uh, you know, we've had Elise Stevens on the show previously, and she talked about her celebrating women in project management uh, initiative. And again, right, wrong, or indifferent to perception that me as a, a white man sitting in Phoenix, Arizona, in the United States has about yeah. women in the country of Iran you know, Iran was a very progressive country before the revolution, but a very restrictive country after the revolution. What is what can you share of life for a woman in that situation, in that environment? What did, were there any learnings and takeaways and experiences that you had from that that you can share? Yes, and I want to use this, this situation to hats off to all the women who are living in Iran, who are living in Saudi Arabia, who are living in the restricted countries, and they, are, they don't give up. They fight and they believe on their values and still moving forward and then sticking to their values and fight for it. Now I'm telling you it's not easy to be a woman in Iran because even the rules are not with you. Um, there are. This is very hard to move the ladders in the organization to be a like a manager or a director we had very very ups and down situation when i started my career i was a i, I started as an engineer system engineer in one of the universities um, and then when i moved to the oil company um, which i had a very good um, manager which i really like i, I named him is he was mr mortazavi he was a young person he was he's a guy from sharif university a very one of the top universities in iran at that time because we were all young we were empowering each other we were helping each other to move forward and growing up and i promoted to it uh, manager at that time for um, that um, oil and industrial energy company um but what happened after uh, Ahmadinejad was a, a president, um, all the managers from the top layer was um, sacked. And one of the, the women were targeted for it. And they sacked me because, be the reason of, because you're a woman and you're young. But it's not easy. It's um, like you have to have a job in the, in the street, even though if you don't choose it. The culture, in terms of the culture, the culture is not so strong in terms of uh, supporting women. But now I can say that um, women in Iran now are moving forward. They are presenting their values. We have lots of lots of successful women uh, from Iran. I can name you, Mona, um, Hannah, uh, Azar, all of them um, 
hats off to all of them uh, for all of the efforts that they've done to um, show that it is happening and it is possible. And there are lots of women still in the jail um, in Iran because they um, raise their voice and they fight for it. Well, also, let's add your name to the list of strong Iranian women to salute because here you are giving voice to all of them. They may not have that voice today, uh, mm-hmm. but you here you are live on a global platform sharing your story to make sure that um, their lives and those who come after them will be better. So thank you for sharing that. Thanks. Thanks for giving me this time, this opportunity. <laughs> so. Let's fast forward to 2008, and you you come to Australia. Yes. And, and eventually, you you start PMO Solutions, your own company. I mean, how did that? Was that an, an accident? Did you intentionally uh, set out to start your own company? Uh, why did that happen? Ah, uh, that's a good one. When I came to Australia in 2006, um, I came from a very Western uh, culture to a very Sorry, from the very Eastern culture to the very Western culture. Um, everything was different. I came over here when I um, was I was young and uh, I was new to the country. I had a very good plan that I'm going to do this, do that, do that, go there. And then when I came over here, I saw that, oh, no, none of, none of those plans is going to work because I had a very good name in the industry when I was in Iran. I didn't need to present myself or send a resume to anywhere. Now I came to a country that nobody knew me. The language is different. Even the, even the side of driving is different. So I, everything was different and I was by my own. So that was hard. Like even um, I remember I was uh, in a new Christ project. Uh, before I go there, I tell you how I found a job. Um, when I was in Iran, I was working for Primavera Australia. Okay. Um, and then when I came over to Australia, Primavera Australia, they advised me to, um, sorry, Primavera Global, they advised me to Primavera Australia. Um, I have to say thank you to Mr. Farahani to introduce me to Primavera Australia. And uh, amazing, beautiful, my first manager in Australia, Wayne Wilson, um, who actually I lost him on um, Christmas Day last year because of the brain cancer was mm. my first boss in Australia who empowered me and who believed on me. When I went to his office, I couldn't speak English very well. I was shaking. I was very shy, uh, very different, but he believed on me and he accepted me in his team. And I owe him a lot because of the support that he gave me during this journey. I can tell you, after two months, I was in front of the classroom and I was teaching project management to the people with this English. Yes, <laughs> how exciting! Yeah, it was um, it was very good. Or even you know, in our language, we speak Farsi in Iran and we write from we write from right to left. So I was assigned to a project for Newcrest Mining. I was in their site and I my job was to map the progress that they the, the processes that they have. I mapped the process from right to left. <laughs> and I presented them to, to them. them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I presented them on the board to them. And then they were looking at me and looking at the board and they couldn't understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> they said, but 
it should start from left to right. And said, oh my God, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, you know, it, the adoption um, uh, timing is very different or they were um, doing some explosion and I was sitting in their side in one of the connects. And because one of the disaster in Iran is earthquake and they teach us when the earthquake is happening, you should jump under the table. So they did the explosion. The connects started shaking, and I jumped under the table. <laughs> and they were looking at me, "What's going on with you? <laughs> you know, you are still there. You're still, um, your mind is still, you know, it's all about. I'm, I'm going to use a point like change management. It's all about changing your mindset, ch- thinking English, acting English, um, and learning about the environment that you're in it. I started teaching to people. And my English wasn't that good to uh, convey the message. But because I had a lot of uh, teaching experience um, back to my own country, um, especially when I was going, before I got to university, my dad didn't let me to go to any preparation course. So he told me, if you want to learn, start teaching. So Mm. I started teaching to learn more, Mm -hmm. uh, to get to the university. So when I stood up in front of the class teaching project management, I knew the content very well, but I was thinking about the way that I can convey the message. And because I I do watercolor and painting, so I started using painting to convey the message to the people in my class. Mm-hmm. And it created a lot of fun and engaged them a lot uh, by creating like a scribe board um, and bringing some funny characters on the board. So these kind of like ideas of coming out, oh, there would be another way of teaching. There would be another way of presenting. There would be another way of doing the stuff. There would be some other way that you can simplify the thing. It made me thinking of um, why don't you create something or the opportunity for the other people to do the thing in another way? So when I was working for Sydney Water, I started reading the books and changing my mindset from an employee to the business owner. And then when I was prepared, I started PMO Solutions. And the reason of the PMO Solution is I was looking at independency. I was looking at bringing some new idea and another way of working. Because as you know, project management is project management. I don't know how much you can say, oh, project management is that or do. But the thing that makes us different is the way that we do the stuff. Like the basketball, the rule of the basketball is still the same. So you cannot carry the ball running on the court or the the points that you're getting are still the same. What What makes people, what makes the players different is the way that they play the game. Yes. And I'm using that terminology for project management and PMO as well in PMO solutions. You know, I've got that same mindset. Obviously I started the PMO squad and it's the same, same thing, right? As we're all, let me say it a different way. I'm speaking at PMI Phoenix in a couple of Fridays Mm -hmm. about project management and comparing it to making a pizza because (laughs) we all, every pizza that you order from a restaurant is unique and is made per order and just like a project does. And you have to make the dough and then get the cheese and then get the toppings and you have to cook it. And then you come out and you serve it and we eat it. And we go back to that restaurant if it went well. 
And that's exactly what we do with a project, right? Is so, as you said, it's, we all do project management, but how we do it, right? Each pizza place or each restaurant is different. And we only go to the ones that we like the way they make their pizzas, even though they're all making pizzas. So it's the same with our, our project management consulting firms, right? We're both doing the same thing. You're in Australia. I'm in the United States and we have our own unique way to do it, but we all have our own customers who like the way we make our pizza, right? Yes. And so let me ask, you know, getting back into the, the personal side of this, you share this amazing story of your upbringing in Iran, horrific tragedies of war and, and the impact on your life. At any point after you started your company, did you just have a moment of silence within yourself to be able to say, look where I am now today and where I started and just think how amazing a journey that was for you. Yeah, of course. Every day is like um, how amazing the journey is, how amazing the change is. Like I can see that how I change in different points of my life. When I was a kid, when I was in university, when I came to Australia, I'm completely different of a person when I came to Australia, when I'm married to Australian guy, and now when I'm a mom, very different journey. Yeah, I'm proud of it. I'm not saying I've done a like a very specific uh, in comparison with um, other women who are actually doing a lot of good job. I'm I see myself as a very normal citizen, but for myself, that journey was very amusing, and I'm happy with it. I'm happy with, um, I'm very proud of PMO Solutions. Uh, the people who are working in PMO Solutions are making it better. We had very good consultants, very good um, crew uh, that working with us. And then the way that we are working is interesting as, a, as I mentioned, that is a fusion of art, technology and PMO, which, yeah, I was listening to Billy and then Billy is bringing music to project That's, management. I was just and about was like, to say that. You took the yeah. words right out of my mouth. Yeah, it's just another way to approach it. So, yes, tell us more about this art and project management. Yeah, it was. Uh, and I was listening to Billy and said, well done, Billy. I have <laughs> art into project management, so we should have a chat. You know, as I said, because I came to Australia and uh, my English was, yeah, wasn't that great. Uh, for teaching people in the classroom and being a very good instructor, I used my art side uh, of my life. And that is the, all the credit to go, go to my dad because he believed that you should have not only educational aspect, also art aspect and the sport as aspect. So as I said, I do watercolor. So I learned how to describe and describe the things for the people uh, to make it easier. Have you ever seen that describe, describe boards? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we use that technique and the cartoon technique uh, for delivering the services. Like, for example, for one of our clients at the Bendigo Council in Victoria, we designed them a roadmap for their PMO and we created um, a poster uh, as, a, as a cartoon poster, uh, poster to um, give it, giving it to the PMO people and they used to, to that poster to communicate with the stakeholders to show them where they are, where they're going to be in six months and where they're going to be in 12 months. And what are they targeting? 
uh, we created characters in the cartoon um, that they are lost in the jungle everybody is going somewhere and then in the six months they were they're all around the t- fire so we created the story uh, with that poster aligned with um, a very um, structural roadmap that we created for them and also we add technology into it and uh, this is all about how you are doing the things and how we are delivering the service how we are designing our service so I have two arms in my team. One arm are the technology people. So I have developers to come in to the to the business and then find out how easy they can make the life of the project manager or the PMO people to automate or digitalize the way that they do the job. Like even it's coming from a very simple um, structure formulation in Excel spreadsheet or writing a mini application or a machine learning um, um, suite to uh, learn about what they're doing and then give them the information. Mm-hmm. We mix this together for connecting both of these sides into the good knowledge area and the professional experience in PMO space. So that is actually why the, when the art came into the picture, when I started teaching and my English wasn't that good. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. You know, we project management isn't necessarily thought of as a creative profession. Uh, it's more yes. technical in mindset, but the reality is, right? We every project is unique, yes. so we should be having a creative way to go through. Even though we have a consistent process, usually there has to be creative approach to it. Because if we treat all projects the same, we're probably not going to get very good results on those projects. So I love to hear, you know, Billy Mwapwe talking about music and project management and you with your art and project management. It, it gives me creativity to think, what can I be doing uh, to try a different approach? Maybe cooking. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Pizza, pizza. Pizzas. That's right. Well, yeah, we'll create uh, the Project Management Culinary Institute or something like yeah. that. So every milestone you are meeting, you're going to order something like, um, the milestone initiation milestone are pizza the the like the finalization milestones are all cakes and celebrations <laughs> yes let's have some ice cream that sounds good to yeah. me <laughs> ice cream milestones <laughs> so the you know another thing that um has impacted all of us uh, globally in 2020 and still now is covid of course you know we have some horrific COVID numbers in the United States. And I know Australia's had some fairly rigid lockdowns uh, because of COVID. But what is what has been the impact uh, to the PMO there in Australia because of what's happening with COVID? I should say good on uh, Australian government in managing uh, COVID for last year. But almost about 600,000 Australians lost their job in April 2020. Their highest unemployment they projected was around early March, April in Australia, which was right, was a big impact into their society. Based on my studies, because I did, uh, regard to our discussion, I did some research about finding out how COVID impacted um, the workforce in Australia. And then I've been moving to the PMO space for sure. But it's it shows that one in 
or Aussies are unsure they have the skills needed for the workforce of the future. Mm. So there are people that they are changing their um, career now. Almost about 23% um, of people think that they are not fit for the future jobs. Uh, 28% of them are learning a new skill and 11% are already using time at home to learn something new. I can I could see that there are lots of new businesses arising and people are trying to set up their own businesses as well. And 17% are eager to learn a skill to progress their career. So they are getting lots of um, lots of lots of different skills set up like lots of different roles are coming. Uh, but the top in demand skills are innovation and creativity, digital and data literacy it's now very important as you know um if it wasn't covid as billy said we weren't connected like this right yeah um the other thing that emotional intelligence is coming to the picture more stronger than before constant curiosity and adaptability is very important this is some of the things that the pmo can create and embrace embrace in the business like um, critical thinking, visual leadership, and storytelling are the new skills that uh, people uh, should go and learn, especially, I think, especially visual leadership and storytelling for PMO people. Because at the end of the day, PMO managers and the PMO leaders are the people who are creating the culture, who are enabling success in the business. And they are leading the business to achieve their goals. It's very important to learn how virtually leading people in this journey after the COVID, um, because people are now experiencing um, a lot of ups and downs. Um, the other thing I was reading in Harvard Business Review um, about um, impact of COVID uh, to the workforce was um, now businesses are not managing people they are managing life experiences hmm. um they're they're getting more involved in the life experiences as we were talking before this before the profession sometimes you should sit in the meeting with your baby in your arms right mm -hmm. or i'm sitting in this live you can hear the birds um singing outside or the dog is barking so it's um, now the life experiences are coming into um, the work experiences more. The other thing that is coming into the picture from the business side, which is actually makes me a little bit sad, was uh, the gender uh, gap is increasing. Mm -hmm. It's coming from the research that Gartner has done. So the managers believe that people who are working from the office are working more, which I would like to question this. Yeah, um, I think I do more work working from home. Yeah, exactly. I can't see my husband and he's working <laughs> much, much more. Yeah. I don't know how much he's working in the office, by the way. But <laughs> it's, it's, we have to think about it as a leader, as a manager, that this should not be the case. And because mainly men are choosing to work from the office and women are willing to work from home, now the differences between the salaries and the incomes are the gap is getting bigger and i think um it is the job of the influencers of bringing the value of working from home uh, into the picture um, again the pmo pmos um, supporting the businesses especially if they are involved in hr process for recruiting it's very important to emphasize that 
and making the um, equal pattern in terms of the professionality rather than working from home or working um, from the office. Or yeah, the some, other thing is... I think I said that's something I hadn't considered before, but if we think several decades ago, uh, kind of the mm-hmm. traditional family structure was the man would go to work and the mom would stay home with the children. And now we have children at home because the schools are closed. Yes. So if one of the parents has to stay home, is the family choosing to have a mom stay home with the dad, as you mentioned, going to the office? Are we, are we taking a step backward in the family structure and the family dynamic? It's an interesting concept. I had never really considered or thought about that, but certainly something that we should keep an eye on. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, it's very important, like, um, especially for the leaders and I'm saying influencers to create that culture. The other thing that I was, um, seeing because I organized PMO Sydney meetup, um, it's a community, our membership, which, um, lovely Sandra Arp started. Uh, that community and because she was moving to Singapore um, she uh, I took it over and then um, I'm managing it now from for about three four years um, so we started our our uh, sessions were were face to face before and then because of the COVID we moved to online sessions and now I'm looking around and then seeing oh people expecting to have online sessions for free the thing is like guys if a person is a speaker and is putting time to teach you something that has value, that is still spending time, even though it's not um, flesh in front of you as a person, but you're still learning from that person. And now I can see that people believe um, everything should, everything virtual is free. Or if, even if you have a training virtual, they expect to, to, um, to be free. Um, which is kind of like a cultural shift that needs to be, be like to come across. The ethical concept is coming uh, as well, like because of the lots of environment that we are working, the ethics of, of using these environments and platforms are very important. Like, for example, it's very important, like, like when we are writing an email, we are following the specific ethical things, like we are not writing the email with bold uh, words or we are not putting the message of the email into the subject line. So, again, digital platform has the ethical uh, behavior as well, like when to leave the voice messages, when to uh, do the chat, respecting the status that the people have in their team or their Slack or any chat. So these are some kind of like the things that are coming across, the new culture, the new professional ethic coming across after the COVID which again, as I'm saying, as a PMO person, we should be aware of that and then embrace it in the company and showing, creating that value in the company. The other thing that was very interesting, the social media is coming to on board as well. People are on social media. Lots of businesses are now on the social media and they have to be careful about it. The performance evaluation method is different i think um i was um, talk i was listening to a podcast about the career after covid that we're talking about hr managers are changing their method and processes very much the top 10 growing industries in, are the biotech life science cybersecurity, healthcare robotic ag- agriculture i'm actually reading it from the research that i've done 
renewable energy, sustainability and wellness, grocery delivery, head tech and digital entertainment. It was very interesting that people were saying whatever business that you have has an E at the beginning uh, is going to be across e-fitness, e-nutrition, e-e-e. Yeah. And for people who are looking for a job um, in the new era, including myself, the communication, the clear and authentic uh, communication is very important. Um, you should be able to talk with people you should be able to tell the story be ready for the question that how did you handle yourself during the COVID it's very important to see how did you adopt yourself with the situation yeah so it's so, the creation of of a new normal right uh, when we exactly. when we first went through I think you know March through June of last year everybody was very reactive to let's build the infrastructure to work from home and then the second half of the year, everybody said, what's what's next year going to look like? You know, what's yes. the new normal? Well, I think we found out that the new normal is it's still what it is, right? I mean, it, it hasn't changed and it's actually going to stay this way. Yes, uh, yes, exactly. And then as PMO people, because our job in the company mainly is leading and enabling and facilitating. So we should be aware of these changes. We should be aware of what people are going through. The limitation is not only this the location is now time for people, so we should be aware of that when we are setting up the way of working, uh, managing the projects. So as you said, yeah, the new normal, the new culture, the new ethic, many, many changes, and we should be adoptable. As I'm telling you, like as a as a person is a new mom in this in this COVID, it was very hard, I'm telling you to think about it uh, the week before delivery i was a business owner who planned a business based on whatever it was going and then i delivered a baby i have a newborn baby in my hand i have no clue without any instruction i have Everything four welcome to that welcome to that world <laughs> where's the instruction book <laughs> exactly where's the button that they, yeah. they said they said there is a button you can put on the sleeve right uh, so for me, it was kind of a big shock of having a new baby, being a, being a mom, and having a business who is got, what is, that is going through this situation. We lost five projects because of COVID. The strategy changed, uh, but we were lucky as well of getting two projects during this, uh, during this uh, timing as well. But as I'm saying, like, is very different so we have to read we have to trust the statistics and learn how we can help the businesses to be better and achieve what they want to achieve as PMO leaders in this time yeah shift shifting gears slightly but kind of on the same thing because you know here in the United States it's a bit of a historic day today we have a new president mm -hmm. and we had an inauguration and and the theme uh, really for the beginning of Joe Biden's presidency is unity, right? Yes. And here I am talking to a woman business leader in Australia with a journey <laughs> from Iran. And we are talking about division in the United States and how we have to have unity. But that's what the premise is for the PMO leader site, right? Creating yes. a global community where we have unity and we can come together. Uh, but you and I are also both involved in the PMO Global Alliance 
which is another organization. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yes. So share a little bit of your involvement with the PMO Global Alliance and uh, how that's important to you as well. PMO Global Alliance is um, is amazing, amazing opportunity to work with, um, especially America. A man of ideas, a man is very smart. He, he knows that he knows PMO very well, and he looks at the PMO in another way, uh, and from the another angle. Uh, very innovative way of managing a PMO and de- designing a PMO. PMO Global Alliance is very important for me as. Um, as you know, PMO Solutions is the prime partner of PMO Global Alliances in Australia. I started as a chief uh, project officer for PMO Global Alliance on March, which uh, my main responsibility is to make the things happen. Yes. So yeah, it's a great community with the with the with the objective of creating that unity and connection between all the PMO leaders around the world. Um, sharing the knowledge and educating and upskilling the PMOs. And as I can see, the values are just, are very aligned with each other because I have the um, small community in comparison with PMO Global Community um, Global Alliance in Australia. Um, so I can connect them into the other people around the world and learning from um, other PMO professionals around the world. I don't know uh, the PMO manager in a gas company in South Africa, what kind of challenges that person is going through or i don't know if you did the judging for ukraine oh yeah, yeah. Um, pmr uh, i really love their story um like the way that they are defining pmo in the business was very cool so i see that the pmo global award is one of the greatest opportunities for people to learn from each other and telling the stories of the different companies because pmo is not prescriptive and you are going to a new company. You need to adopt yourself first and learn about that company to be able to help them. It's like migration. I always, um, when I'm talking in my classroom, I say, oh, migrants are very good PMO people because they are, their adaptability is very high. And the first thing that you do when you go to a new country to live is learning their language. So when you're going to a company, you're learning their language. And PMO Global Award is creating that opportunity that you learn the language of the different businesses through the case studies that you're judging or uh, the other opportunities that they have, like a PMO CP as a PMO um, certification, certified practitioner. And I can say the value of uh, the value that the PMO Global Alliance is adding to the PMO community is amazing. Like connecting people from different parts of the world together and making that unity. Uh, and I can see that the amazing job that Laura is doing, the amazing job you are doing, Alice is doing, um, all of these efforts are all the same, going to the same point with PMO Global Alliance, with um, AIPMR as well, like to knowledge um, to upskill PMO people, to help them to learn more and to help them to share the knowledge and experience. That makes PMOs better. Look at it like nine years ago when uh, PMO was in a very, very start point. It was an administrator in the business. Mm-hmm. Now we are talking about the PMOs are involving in a strategy decision making. 
So how did it happen? It happened because people are sharing um, their stories. They're sharing their knowledge. They're sharing their experiences with each other. Like um, Andy Jordan is one of the great guys in piano space. Uh, he's sharing a lot of his knowledge. Peter Taylor, Philip, these are uh, Fatima. These are all good people um, that are coming and sharing this. And PMO Global Alliance is creating that platform for it, which is, yeah, I really love it. Uh, first of all, I enjoy working with America a lot. Actually, the best time I'm is when I'm working with him. He, he doesn't um, have enough energy, though, right? He needs to get more energy. <laughs> our board meeting is 11 o'clock, uh, 11 p.m. in Sydney time. So they had me in a meeting sometimes like completely destroyed. So I was thinking, <laughs> you know what? I came here. My baby's just sleeping. And she's only sleeping during the board meeting. And after that, I have to feed her and then going again through the process. But I loved it. I always love it. Um, and that, I really appreciate it. It's think. a great organization. Americo does a fantastic job. And all the, the other volunteers that work uh, within that organization, it's uh, the PMO Global Awards. It's the only yes. uh, awards and concept like that anywhere on the planet. Yes, uh, exactly. And I'm so uh proud to be a part of that and be a judge in that. Um, and of course, we've got the PMO Global Survey, uh, which mm -hmm. I'm managing director of on. And I'm I'm late. I was supposed to have the survey results out to everybody in December, and I'm, I'm late. So <laughs> I'm working on it now. I'm Hopefully, we can get this in the next week or two out by January. <laughs> Count on me on it if you need any help. <laughs> uh, one, is, we're getting close to the end of our time, and it's gone by so fast, of course, as it always does. We've We've talked a lot about the past uh, and your journey and, and how you've gotten to where you're going. Uh, but what about the future? What is, what's your dream? What's, what's next? My dream is a world without a war. And as I said, it will happen if we can educate people, if we can create that platform that people can share the knowledge and lesson learned, uh, their stories. That is my dream. I don't know if it's going to be like Elon Musk is saying, I don't know if I'm going to be alive when people are um, traveling to Mars, but I don't know if I'm going to be alive if there is a world without a war, without hate, without racism, without all of these things. Um, but my two cents participation is to create that education and building a school and creating that environment that kids can study, can learn, can thrive um, and can flourish. One of the things that we do, which I'm really proud in PMO Solution, is we support building the schools. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm inspired with a lady who uh, built a school in Iran. He, so far, he built 200 schools in um, their very like poor uh, areas, which now we can hear that some of the students from those schools are now going to universities, which is great. I love to be able to build a school for those uh, places that are affected by war, Syria, Iran, Iraq, or any other like Azerbaijan and any other places that the kids are, are lonely and left. Um, because if they learn what to choose, they will learn to be a good person and make the world a better place to live. 
rather than going into tourism. So if you can educate people. So if any of us, if me, create that opportunity anytime that I can for people to share their knowledge and learn from each other, that's the time that my dream is coming to true. Helping people, mentoring people. And for that, I have to learn myself more. I have to keep myself positive. I have to keep myself up on the field and be active, right? I had my moments after the birth, uh, after Jasmine's birthday, uh, very downtime, very unmotivated. I got lots of rejection in the job. Um, so I was like, ah, oh, you know what? I just don't care. I want to close all the doors in the world and be with Jasmine alone. But then I was thinking like, come on, you can do something. You're still living, right? Yeah. You still have the fortune to live. So, yeah, the dream is to make the world a place to live. It sounds a little bit... Well, John uh, Lennon, John Lennon wrote a song about that one day. And if, if we can imagine a world with no wars. And, exactly. and I think if, if they get enough people who are dreamers and believers, that we could make it happen. And, yes. and, and getting you on platforms to be able to talk about your experiences because there's a certain population of, of us here in the United States, for instance, who've not had to experience that. So we don't, we don't get the firsthand knowledge. It's been a long time, right, since America's been mm-hmm. in a war, and or, uh, a war like a Vietnam War or a, a world war. So I'm with you. Sign me up. Any way I can contribute, uh, I'm on board. I have a a son about to enter the Navy, and it would be fantastic if he could do his time in a, in a war-free uh, period and, and not have to worry about that as a parent. Yeah, exactly. I pray for it every second. I even cannot talk. Uh, my, my husband doesn't have that idea, too, and I'm telling him, like, oh, you, you're born in a very peaceful area. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I want every single person who is listening to think about it, what you can do today to help a person to learn one thing more, what you can do to yourself to learn something more and being able to educate and uh, lead a, another people to the better uh, position. But if every single of us do that, then something good will happen. Well, Amira, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing your journey and your dreams with us. Uh, is there, how can people get in touch with you if they want to connect after the show? Or is there anything that you have coming up that you'd like to share with everybody? Um, thank you very much, you. You gave me this opportunity and this platform. I'm, I'm feeling very relieved and very well after coming out of my uh, like safe zone. But People, uh, I'm easy. You can search me in Google with Amir, Amir Mazarede. <laughs> Another person with that long family name, a matching name. Um, I'm in LinkedIn. Uh, uh, my profile is under Amir underline A. You can connect with us through PMO Solutions at www.pmosol.com. Social media, LinkedIn specifically, is my go-to and connection. Uh, you'll enjoy. Well, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate it. And of course, thank you to all of our listeners around the world. Uh, please be sure to visit projectmanagementofficehours.com and uh, see all the great shows that we've had in the past and the ones we have upcoming. We have a great schedule of live chats scheduled with uh, industry leaders from around the world. 
confirmed already for the uh, next almost halfway through the year. We have Bruce Gay, Fatima Abuchi, who you had mentioned, uh, Bill Dow, Frank Saladis, Jennifer Bridges and David Knorr, Stuart Easton, who will be a repeat guest of ours from the UK, and David Barrett. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to all of those shows. We also have a lot of uh, feelers out first, folks. So if you have an interest of being on the show the second half of the year, let me know and, and we'll get you scheduled. And also, I think that PMO Leader uh, platform that you are developing as well is another good opportunity. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and we, um, people around, we will have the PMO Sydney Meetup sessions as well. So the PMO Sydney Meetup is on the Meetup platform. I will post the future uh, sessions in uh, LinkedIn as well. And absolutely. So, yeah. so if you're in the Sydney area, certainly get together and connect and uh, continue. Now we are global. Oh, global even. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Everyone, we can get together everywhere. Yes. A reminder uh, that all these shows are also, we're recording these. So they're uh, available for folks to subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice, whether it's Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, whatever it may be. And thank you to our sponsors, the PMO Squad. Visit thepmosquad.com to learn more about the purpose-driven PMO and all of their project management services. That's it for now. Office hours are closed. Until next time, I'm PMO Joe, and you've been listening to Project Management Office Hours. Thanks for listening to another episode of Project Management Office Hours with PMO Joe. You're not alone in your project management journey. We're here to help you achieve your goals. Subscribe to Project Management Office Hours on your favorite podcast platform to catch all of our episodes and hear industry leaders share their story and secrets to success.